Hello, and welcome to the Player to Prospect podcast. The following episode features a conversation with Zach Thornton, who is the pitching coach at UC Davis. To support the podcast, all follows, ratings, and reviews are appreciated. And now I present to you, Zach Thornton. Generally, the first thing that I ask every coach is just how the fall has gone. Um, obviously, we're in January now, and you're in a different phase of progressing into the season. Mm -hmm. But if you want to just kind of give me a little debrief just a little summary of how the fall went yeah. for you guys. Yeah. So I don't know if, you know, kind of our situation, you know, we came in mm -hmm. January of last year and, you know, we had some, you know, stuff, you know, stuff happened in the past. And so we came in this year and, you know, we brought back only 14 guys from last year's team. So we brought in 22 new guys from, mm -hmm. from our recruiting class for this year. So our goal of the fall in the beginning was to, you know, make sure we got, you know, first off, we brought in the right guys, the guys we wanted, you know, and, and, you know, for us, it was about guys who want to compete, you know, who wanted to lay it all on the line and wanted to be part of something special. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's very, our situation was a lot different where, you know, we had a lot of, you know, spots to fill and, and, you know, it was, we always talk about how it was kind of better for us. So we came in January because we were able to get the guys that we wanted and all that kind of stuff. So first yeah. thing we did in the fall was go to a team bonding exercise. Uh, we went away for the weekend and took all guys to, um, beach up in northern california and we you know got tents and you know got all the guys together and did some team bonding and you know and that was a big point of emphasis for us is that we wanted mm -hmm. these guys to be close because as you know those teams that are close and play for each other and you know shoulder to shoulder side by side are the teams that win mm -hmm. you know i use the example of old miss last year and it was cool to see you know bianco talk at the uh convention but you mm -hmm. know in omaha they, they weren't the most talented they weren't you know people yeah. know that but they played for each other. They played together. They played, you know, they were experienced as, as a, as a group and that's why they won and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, we wanted to make sure right off the bat, that's what we did. And so we did that and, you know, guys got close guys like these guys like each other. And, you know, when we brought in the guys, we wanted to make sure that they're good kids on and off the field and, you know, they're competitors, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but so overall in the fall, you know, last year we had 10 arms this year, we, we went and we had, we had 20. So for me, it was, it was, it, it's a good change and, you know, we got some depth and, um, you know, brought in like brought in some junior college kids to fill in mm -hmm. some, some holes right away. But, um, overall, I mean, these guys come together, man, we do a lot of competitive stuff in practice and we scrimmage a lot. Um, you know, that mm -hmm. was our goal and we, we didn't play anyone else in the fall, uh, on, on purpose because we had so many new guys and we wanted to make sure that, you know, they came together and, you know, we, we got as much reps as we could. And so that's what we did. But, um, yeah, you know, on the pitch pitching side, these guys kind of bought into what I believe in. And, you know, you being from the West coast, I'm being from the West coast, kind of have that, you know, if you don't mind me saying big balls mentality. And that's what I kind of, what I believe in. And, mm. um, you know, and being pitch at a time and, you know, I think we threw overall, you know, 61% strikes in the fall. So I'm pretty happy where we're at. And, you know, we still, you know, a couple question marks of, you know, we have, you know, five guys for four starting positions. So that's still, still fighting from that from the fall, but mm. um, knock on wood, we stayed healthy and, you know, on both sides of the, of, of the ball pitching in and um, offensively. So yeah. we're excited where we're at. Um, you know, uh, I, was, I was funny, I was at the convention and people were always asking me, I don't know how are you guys going to be, you know? And I was just like, we'll be competitive, you know, keep it at that. And, you know, and, and, you know, without giving away too much stuff, but, you yeah. know, uh, but, we got a lot of stuff done and we're very happy where we're at and, you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know, it's, 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 you know, yeah. I'm sure you probably heard that from a lot of coaches, but you know, we'll see, 
you know, what happens, but we're excited, you know, where we're at. And I think we're going to compete in the big West and, and we're excited for that. So, well, I mean, with the fall too, all you can really ask is for progress to be made. Right. So, yeah. And, 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 and you guys you were think- all new, right. You, you have a full new coaching staff. So like you mentioned, it's a full rehaul, like 22 new players. You said, right. Yeah. I mean, bring, yeah. Bringing 22 new guys in and morphing that into a team, like, that is very difficult to do. So like you said, kind of bringing that competitive side into it, just like keeping everything in house, like just focusing on yourself. That does sound like a very correlative priority with, you know, a new team and that, and how, how you bring, you know, new players and new faces together. Um, You said you guys didn't face anybody else and you did a lot of scrimmaging. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask about, the kind of flip side of the fall, which I know a lot of players on an individual sort of level ask about, uh, which is the development side of things. So for you, at least, did you prioritize the, com- the competition over the development side or is it still a mix? I think it's still a mix because, you know, the, I mean, we wouldn't be good. I mean, at doing our job, if we didn't develop, you know. Um, right. Yeah. You know, but with all the new faces, you know, you know, we, we changed the thing where they were lifting, you know, three days a week in the morning, 6am, you know, um, mm. you know, so we did some stuff that, you know, maybe this program hasn't done in the past, but when it comes da- down to it, you know, the competition, you know, we, we, you know, kind of my belief is that we throw a lot, as you know, as a pitcher, you know, you can only get better by throwing, um, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has their own different philosophies on, you know, you know, mechanics, all that kind of stuff, you know, we'll sure talk about that later, but, you know, for me, you, you got, you, you got to throw. And, you know, you got to get used to it. You know, some kids came, you know, as you come into a program and, you know, they've thrown more in a fall, they've probably thrown their whole high school career mm-hmm. and to get them used to it and to keep them healthy and balance it, you know, and it sometimes can be tough, but, you know, so for me, it's about having a competition, but also developing at the same time. Um, you know, yeah. you know, it's, you know, we went fastball change for three weeks and, you know, some guys threw more changeups than they have probably in their whole career. But, you know, you got to get them used to it. You know, I, I'm a big yeah. believer in the in the mental side as well. So it's not only developing physically, but also mentally, as you know, the grind of professional baseball and, you know, come out every day and, you know, and 140, 140, 150 games a year. And, you know, and so I tell guys and I recruit them and when, and when they're here, it's like, I'm going to get you ready, you know, physically, but also mentally, because mm. if you want to play the next level, which everyone does, it's more of a mental grind than it is a physical grind, at least, at least and you're so you're probably going through it yourself it's you know playing every you know there's times where you play you three, play for three weeks without an off day what are you going to do you know mm-hmm. what are you how, how, how are you going to be tough how are you do you know adversity how's your body going to you know recover you know all that kind of stuff so mm. you know for me i kind of teach it all developmental wise like i said physically and mentally but also you know com- the competitive side you know you know competing against each other, your competitive bullpens, you know, offensively, we do everything's a competition. You know, we did something mm-hmm. this year, we had six different teams and kind of had, you know, it was, a, it was a leadership thing where, you know, and they competed every week against each other and their team, you know, going to events or, you know, doing stuff on the field or whatever it may be, you know, on the field, off the field, whatever. And the winner every week just got breakfast burritos. And, you know, but yeah, I know it's like, they, they like that more than, than anything else, you know, food, of course. <laughs> right. But, um, yep. you know, it's, it was, you know, it, it was good to get those guys to, 
because in the end we're we're competing, right? Every every game is it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's a game, but it's a competition because you're you know facing someone else. So if we can train them that way, you know, then when 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 they come on the, uh, in an actual game against somebody else, they're gonna be ready. So yeah, um, so yeah, I think also in competition you start to identify who the leaders of a program are and i think that's a very important part of a successful team is identifying leaders did you notice any of that throughout this fall guys who started sort of rising to the top a little bit and you could understand that people were maybe following along and that those were the leaders yeah so so we we of the six groups we made the leaders in the beginning Oh, okay. And we can t- and we can kind of tell who took it and maybe who, you know, of course, some of the players probably had some different perspective of who the leaders should have been. But we did it from our view and like how mm. how we we kind of see them as leaders. And some of the leaders might not have been your, your, you know, maybe a starter even sometimes, you know, but we wanted them to lead by example. And yeah. so, you know, actually, it was funny. We we're talking about yesterday about should we do captains have, you know, maybe a offensive and pitching captain or, or the two people we see who are captains mm-hmm. and we think it might be a good idea but you know it's it was it, it was cool to see some of those guys you know they might have been younger like a couple of the leaders were sophomores you know mm-hmm. i'm not saying they had to be older guys but maybe we you know they were and it's also different when you have 22 new guys right you know yeah so you know we they were returners that were leaders and now now looking back at it we go back it's like okay maybe some of the newer guys, if we went back and did it today, might might have been a leader now, you mm. know. So so it's kind of see that that development and progression of maybe guys who maybe took it personal that they weren't leaders and now become those leaders, mm-hmm. you know, on and off the field. So um, it was something that you know when I played at Oregon, you know, our leaders were were our, our line leaders in stretch, you know, and 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 mm. those are the guys we went to and and all that kind of stuff. So you know, it's it was, we set that bar pretty high and, you know, mm-hmm. and some of those guys stepped up and then some of the guys that maybe, like I said, took it maybe personal, they weren't a leader have maybe become those guys now. And it's, it's, it's been pr- mm. pretty good for us because we can go to them and be like, Hey, you know, what do you got on this? Or, you know, should we do this? And, you know, and, and they give us honest feedback. And, you know, as you know, it's like, we, we, we can't do everything, you know, there's, there's four of us. Right. So, yeah. you know, we have to rely on the players a lot and, and you know and 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 we use that to our advantage but mm. you need that to be good you need that you need you need those leaders to lead by example and, and yeah. be leaders on and off the field so yeah it sounds like you asked for a lot of player input too which i think is important is that something you guys remember you know that, yeah yeah because they're the ones playing you know yeah. I, I wish i could still play i mean you know i wish <laughs> you know so so when it comes when it comes down to it they're they're the ones you know, on the field and executing competing. So it's like, why not go to them? Why not, yeah. you know, use them as a resource to help us get better. And mm-hmm. so that, and that's kind of what we decided. And, you know, it all comes from my head coach, you know, I know you talked to Tommy a little bit, but mm-hmm. it all starts with him. You know, we came in right away and created a culture. Uh, I know last year our, our, you know, our team might've been not, a you know, been up to where we want to be, but we came in day one and said, this is how it's going to be. Either mm-hmm. you want to be part of something special of, of a huge turnaround and, and, you know, our goal is to come in and win the big West and go to, go to, you know, Omaha and all that kind of stuff. And cause he's been there as a coach and, and as a player and, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I didn't get a go, but you know, I've heard stories with Horton and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're either, you know, 
do you want to buy into to our culture and what we believe in? And, you know, don't get me wrong. We, we, we want to have fun and all we like to have fun and all that kind of stuff, but it, it all starts with, for us, the culture, it, it really does. And yeah. And leaders and all that stuff has to do with it. So it's, it's, um, it's been cool to see these guys buy into what our vision and mm-hmm. what we told them when we recruited them, um, yeah. how, how we want it to be. And, and it's, it's been really fun to watch. It really has. Can you elaborate a little bit on that, that buzzword culture? I love that word. It's obviously very important for a team uh, to have a strong culture, but also, like I said, it's a buzzword. You know, you can kind of get lost in like, oh, we're trying to have strong culture. And it's like, okay, what's, what's the day-to-day sort of inner workings of the team that's building that culture? Yeah, I mean, I've I, been I mean, using Old Miss a lot. I bet you if you ask them, I bet you their culture was amazing. You know, it's, it's how those, yeah. for us, how these guys come together as one unit, you know, and, and come together and, and buy into, you know, Tommy's vision of, you know, we want to have fun. We want to do this, but when it comes down to it, we're, we're, we're going to work. We're going to work hard. We're going to, you know, do, do the little things, you know, pay attention to the details. And, you know, he was lucky enough to coach and play for Augie Garrido. And like mm. I said, I was lucky enough to coach and play for George Horton. And it was all about the little details. It's all about, mm. you know, the little things that make you better, you know, it's, you know, yeah. how it is in the West coast. I know you played at Santa Clara and, you know, little details, get, you know, getting your pitches picked and, and, you know, I tell my pitchers all the time, if, if, if I tell you, if you're doing just what I say, you're going to be, you'll be good. But if you want to be great and you want to excel at this game, you go above and beyond. Mm. And those are the guys we want. And that's the culture we want, you know, guys that want to be here, want to be part of something special and also want to do things outside of just what we give them. Yeah. And, and yeah. as you know, you know, that's, I'm, 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 I'd be, you know, I bet you, you that's why you're playing professional baseball because, you know, you just didn't do, oh, I'm going to go through, you know, the, oh, he just told me to do this today. Well, I'm just going to do this. No, you, you did yeah. above and beyond to get there because that's what it takes. Absolutely. You know, and that's what we, and that's what you look for, you know, and, you know, the, the little things, the body language, you know, the, mm. you know, the toughness and, you know, but in the end, it's a game and we want you to be prepared and do all this hard work, but we're going to have fun doing it. Yeah. And, you know, we, we want those guys to be able to come to the field and enjoy coming to the field every day, that it's not a job. It's not like, Oh, I got to go to the field today because I have practice. No, it's like, mm-hmm. I want you guys to be here. And I think that's the biggest thing that's created this culture for us. Talking mm-hmm. to some of our returners that these guys enjoy coming to practice every day. These guys enjoy working. These guys enjoy being around us as a staff and mm-hmm. always asking what, what more can I do to get better? And I think with that, creates a good culture because if you do that then you have the right guys and it's going to show on the field i really do i really do believe that absolutely i totally agree um so in that does that that, i mean that must affect the way that you look at um recruiting players because Mm -hmm. like you said again there's you are one pitching coach i don't know what your volunteer does but generally on a team you have one pitching coach i'm the only pitching guy yeah yeah, you got a staff of 20 arms it's like you can only do so much like you can dedicate all of your time to your pitching staff and it's still not gonna be enough for 20 guys it's just impossible so you need to be able to take accountability and start doing some extra stuff a lot of young kids they'll probably just assume like okay i'm just gonna do what my coach says and if i don't get better like it's not on me they just diffuse the responsibility so that has to go into how you look at recruiting players right whether it's high school junior college or transfer portal i would imagine 
Yeah, I mean, usually you can tell when you talk to someone within the first five minutes of what kind of person they are. For the most part, there are you find some, that. Uh, yeah, you know, I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah, there are there are those couple that maybe you're like, okay, you know, I'm digging more, but mm-hmm. you know, usually you can you can tell, you know, you know, that's why when we recruit, it's not just you're looking at them, you know, you're looking at you know their family, you know, are they come from a winning program, you know, are they mm. a true winner, you know, first thing I look at is their bylink. Um, you know, if they're out there pouting and complaining umpires, for me, it's a no. I don't care if you throw 100 and, you, and you're the best pitcher in the world. It, it doesn't matter, you know, because yeah. when you're stranded on that island, what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to are you going to crumble and fold, or are you going to stick your chest out and be like, I got this? And yeah, you know, so so for me, it's like that matters. You know, how, how you act to your mm. teammates, how good of a teammate you are, because that goes yeah. back to the culture, right? If you're a good teammate and people want to be around you then you guys are going to grow together as a unit. Right. And I have my guys break it down every day after practice and, you know, they, and, 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 you know, they, they get a break and mm. sometimes ask me why I was like, cause I guys want, I want you to be one. I want you to be together. I want you to do things together. And, and cause when you, when you're in the game and you pass that baton to somebody else, do you, I want you to know that guy's going to pick you up. Mm. And, you know, and, and, and that goes, and like I said, that goes back to recruiting, you know, you can be the best coach in the world, without good players and good people it doesn't matter it doesn't mm. you know and yeah you know because like i said i can do everything but i'm not the one doing it i wish i could but you know once in a while i'll get up there and i'll i'll you know I'll run my mouth to you know position players and pitch against them and you know put, yeah. pump my chest out and you know that kind of stuff <laughs> but but you know it's like i'm not the one throwing it anymore so it's got to be you guys it's all in your guys hands so yeah you know it, it matters it does so you know, going back to that, the, the recruiting thing, it's like, you know, can you throw strikes? Can you, can you control the running game? Can you do the little things? Can you hold runners? You know, especially in the big West and being in the West coast, you got to be able to do that. You yeah. know, I was lucky enough. Andrew Chekhov was my pitching coach in college. And, you know, I tell him this like, he made me better because of the little things, you know, make sure I don't get picked because we played them last year and, you know, we're a new staff and I'm trying to let them know, Hey, your gloves here. And this, you're going to, they're, uh, and I heard him yell it. I, I knew they were going to do it. I was like, oh, yeah. You see, you see how important it is? So, you know, it's all those little things. And, you know, I can go on and on about, you know, every little thing possible. But, you know, it's it's the attention to detail and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, without it's, going more into it. Yeah. It's just funny because I'll see in my comment sections people being like, if a guy's mid-90s, don't tell me that this coach won't take the guy and think he can change his attitude about the game you know they're gonna take the talent the talent will always prevail and I mean at least in my experience I've seen you know I've seen the guys have the talent to be able to show up on campus but then they just never change their ways I mean it just doesn't happen really because no it's kind of hard to it's really hard to like to really make someone have a a change of kind of heart about their relationship with the game or whatever it is um, have you in your in your experience had to deal with someone who's maybe has ported poor, they're on your team already but they have poor body language or or just you know you can tell that they're mentally I hate saying this word but like the mental midget type of thing like that is that is kind of the name of like maybe pitchers where you're like okay right. uh, this this guy doesn't really have it you know locked in between the ears you know so yeah I mean like, like people always say this game's, you know, 90%, 90% mental, 20%, 20% physical. And I, I'm a big believer in that. 
I really am. And that's why I mm -hmm. teach almost, you talk, we talked about development earlier, you know, in our bullpens, yeah, we talk physical stuff, but also mental stuff, you know, our bullpens sometimes are challenging. You know, I put it in certain situations, you know, and and we put them in situations to see if they can handle it. You know, they'll come in a, in an inner squad that thinks they're going to have a clean inning. Well, it's going to be second, third, nobody out. How, how, how can you deal with it? How can you mentally mm. deal with it and physically deal with it? Are you going to crumble? Are you going to be able to? So we do a lot of exercises and stuff. And I was lucky enough to, to study under Ken Revisa before he passed. And mm. you know, I've studied him in and out and all that kind of stuff. So. You know, I visualize my guys, you know, I, and, and I teach them the mental side of it. And, you know, I try to avoid them, you know, coming, you know, when I recruit them, like I, I talk about the mental game a lot. I said, you know, you know, being a mental midget, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it either, but it's, it, 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 yeah. it is true. And, and, you know, of course, we, we've all had those cases where guys break down and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when it comes down to it, are you going to trust those guys in big situations? Mm. And you know, probably the answer is probably no, but can they, can they get better and learn from it? Of course. You know, I tell them all the time, you know, failure is the best thing for you because that all, as long as you learn from it, yeah. you're going to fail. Yeah. You're going to fail. Exactly. It's, it's inevitable. You're, you're going to fail in this game. Mm -hmm. So if you can't take failure and deal with it and learn from it, then we're, we're, we are, we are far off, mm. you know? So, so, so sometimes, you know, seeing guys fail and how they deal with it and deal with adversity is, is your best learning tool. Mm. And so, so I, I, I tell them all the time, it's like, don't get down on yourself because you failed. We've all been in situations. I've been in situations one year I was closing a pro ball and I, I gave up five spot and didn't get an out, mm. you know? Yeah, it sucks. And, but did I learn from it? A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's what makes you good. You know, it's like dealing with, you know, once you get, once you see you get higher up in the levels, the, the guys that get in the higher levels, it's not usually because of, because of stuff. It's because of mentality. Because mm -hmm. how can you deal with the grind? How can you deal with failure and adversity? Yeah. You know, going up and down. And, you know, one year I, when I, I was playing and I went up and down in AAA probably two, three times and, mm. you know, driving and flying and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, it's, you got to be able to deal with it. You know, so you're not going to have the best situation sometimes, but, you know, as, as Ken would always say, you give 100% of, of what you have that day. If it's 50%, we'll give 100% of that 50%. And, Absolutely. you know, and, and that's what, and that's how I teach my guys is, you know, you know, get used to being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be uncomfortable a lot in this game. Yeah. You are. And you mentioned in terms of kind of building that mental strength for your pitchers, putting them in the uncomfortable situations in the bullpens and then also in the scrimmages. Right. Okay. So, yeah. 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 So those are, you would say like, those are kind of the main ways that you like to build it. Because um, that's game. That's game line. Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. So especially if you're going to be a reliever, right? So yeah. Oh man, I I made this transition kind of in pro boss. You know, I was a starter. Then you switch over to the reliever reliever role. I don't know if that was your case, but it's a totally different ball game. Do you actually differentiate with your starters and relievers in terms of that, or do you find at least once you're in the game, the actual sort of like mentality isn't so much different? Um, I don't think it's so much different. I think it's a little bit in, in when, and when it comes to your routine, cause I preach routines a lot. Um, you oh, know, sure. I, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I think, I think routine is also a very big, you know, big topic of, you know, of, you know, I tell, I have my guys send me every year that you routine, your starting routine, your relieving routine. If you relieve, 
What happens mm. if you had to get up quick? What happens if you had a long inning? What happens if you normal and you have your normal time to get ready? What What do you do? And I have them write it out. Yeah. And you know, I tell them all the funny things I haven't said. I I haven't looked at one of them. It's not for me. Yeah. But I want I want them to think about it and have that routine because when 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 stuff hits the fan, what are you going to go to? You're going to mm -hmm. go to your routine. You're going to go to the mental side of you know the visualization is that you've done it before so you've been in the situation if you've done it correctly you've, and you visualize you've been in the, you've you've seen it and you know what to do and yeah. so i want them to go to go to something when when that failure and those those you know those demons creep in your ears and you know all these negative thoughts start happening well what do you go to and that's your routine in the mental side of the game and yeah so so i want them to have that and you know, I always joke around because in pro ball, I had like one pro, I had, I was a reliever for most of it. So I had one start and I was like, oh, well, it's nice when you start and the next day you go chart and eat popcorn and you get to go to the stands and go to the dugout <laughs> whenever you want. We're yeah. out there, you know, busting our ass trying to save your runner, you know, your runs every game and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, I think the mentality is, yeah, it might be a little different, you know, coming because I've done both. I started in college and, you know, the routine's different, but I still mm -hmm. think the mentality is the same of attacking hitters and doing the yeah. little things. And so when it comes to that, I think it's the same, but yeah, there is different mentality from the, from a starting role to a reliever, relieving role. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, that's just how it is. But you, you mentioned, know, so. yeah, you mentioned the um, routines, at least for the pregame mm -hmm. stuff. Um, that's so funny that you have them list out all the different potential routines that they may need um, because frankly, there's nothing worse than when you're not prepared to go into the game. Cause I mean, you're almost oh, bound terrible. for it. You're almost bound for a, a bad outing. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's suicide, honestly I'm saying that word, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Um, so do you don't, you don't, you said you don't um, adjust them at all. Like you don't give any like notes for I, them or anything like that. I, I, even in bullpens, like and stuff, I, I don't like scripting stuff because I think I tell them all the time, you're your best coach. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I'm not, the, like I said, I'm not the one out there throwing for you. So I want them to learn. Yeah, I'll help them, you know, I'll, if they ask and, you know, I'll help them with their routines and, you know, and, but I, I don't want to script it because I want them to figure it out mm -hmm. because they're the ones on the island by themselves. And what are you going to go and what are you going to do when you're by yourself? And, as you know, us, I, have, I have three mound visits a game. I can't go out every inning. Yeah. Catchers can't go out every inning, right? So you got, you're going to have to figure it out. But, you know, so that's why I don't script a whole lot of stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm a big believer in you're your best coach. I, I really am. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and of course, in bullpens, I, I help. Of course, you know, I, I'm their coach. But in the end, it's, it's up to you. You're the one throwing it. You're the one controlling that ball out of your hand until you can't control it anymore. So let, 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 let's find out, you know, what works for you because everyone's different. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned that, you know, how I threw, I threw very different than everyone else. So I don't teach a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that, that when I did, when I threw. So, you know, so I know we talk about, you know, all these, you know, the topic of the social media guys saying, oh, it's got to be done this way. I, I, I don't believe, I, I don't always believe that because everybody's different. Everyone throws different. Everyone's mm. body works differently. So there's, there's a, there's a, a way to get through everyone and differently kind of yeah. thing. So, you know, I, I always say it's not about, it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. You know, it's not, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, if I made a change or if they made it, so what? Great. Let's just find what works best for you. Mm. Bottom line.
So, and it's funny because there will be a side of the conversation that says, oh, that's just lazy coaching. And it's not true because you can't cookie cut a whole pitching staff. It's just not, it's just awesome. not a successful thing. It's there's no way you can do it. Everyone's routine is going to be different, like you said. And I think like if you're a young kid out there, like I try to remind myself, like we've got young kids, like kids who are not in college yet, like listening to this podcast. Like this is probably something you should get on as soon as you can. Like just building the routines, right? I mean, um, I would imagine if you're if you have a you know a son who's 15, 16, like you're gonna be preaching that like first and foremost. At least I know I would. Uh building the routines and kind of like making yourself as self-sustaining and easy for a coach to um just work with as possible, right? Yeah, and, and I mean that's why when we go out recruit, especially when I go to see a pitcher, I, I show up early. I mm. want to see what their routine is, how they throw, how they go throughout their business, warming up in the bullpen, you know, their catch play. Because I mean, we'll talk about it. for me, the, your catch play is the most important part of your day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, if you do catch play correctly, it's going to translate on the mound. If you get in the bad habits there and you don't do things mm. right, it's going to translate on, on the mound. Mm. So you know, I, I like to I like to go see all that and and you know and and see. You know, does this guy have a routine or is he just going through the motions? Is he just going out there? I'm just doing this. Or are they like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this, at this point, that point, and that point, I'm not saying at that age, they're going to, it's going to be all dialed in. Right. I'm not. It's, yeah. They're not Greg Maddox. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and even, even players here, you know, it, it, at, at the D one level, whatever it takes them time. Like I didn't learn some things till I got in the pro ball, you know, and, and, oh yeah, and, you know, and, I've, you know, I've had injuries, so I, and all that kind of stuff. So I've kind of taken my, my lessons from that and into my coaching, but hmm. you know, it's like, you know, those young kids, it's like, you know, and in my career, I got, I got traded twice. You never know who's watching ever. Yeah. You, you, you never do. You know, we're, we're pretty good at hiding. Sometimes we're pretty good at, you know, I'm kind of tall and lanky, so I kind of stick out quite a bit, but um, you know, but you, if you go about your business, like you, you never know who's watching, you're going to do things the right way. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you have to question yourself, Oh, I'm going to do this today, then I don't know if it's for you. Cause it's at this level, it's, it's a, it's a full-time job plus more. It's a lot. Yeah. And oh, yeah, as you know, and it's a full-time commitment and, and, but so you really want to want, you got to want it and you, and you know, and you got to do things the right way. You really do. So I'm still hung up on uh, the hiding thing. I, I I learned really young that you guys, you know, kind of have to do that. And it, cause it helps, it helps you evaluate us. Um, mm-hmm. And that people are always watching. I've been preached that since I was a kid. Um, but what's, what's like the, what's like the go-to it's just don't wear the gear pretty much. I mean, is that, is that the best way to do it? Yeah. Or, you know, pretend you're, you're, you're you know, yeah, the don't, don't yeah don't wear the gear like that's that's the backpack like yeah put the backpack down earlier next to someone you trust or far away from someone else and oh the backpack yeah yeah and pretend you're on the phone or you know walking around or you know uh, there's a lot of different ways i don't want to give out all the tricks and i'm lucky enough that some people taught me the ways and you know and all that kind of stuff but i think also the you never know who watching thing is also a mentality thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a physical it's kind of a physical thing because you know, you never know what coaches might be watching, but also, are you going to, are you going about the, your business the right way mm. when no one's telling you to, or no one's watching you do it? Yeah. 
so there's kind of two sides of it and you know if if you're doing you know if you're doing that that one the right way well the results are going to get what you become what you want i think a lot of the stuff nowadays it's become really result oriented um you know yeah. tournaments and all that kind of stuff but like i said earlier a lot of us are watching what do you do when you don't have your when you don't have your best stuff are you still competing are you still mm. you know doing doing having good body language when when stuff's not going your way that stuff matters that 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 shows a lot about a player it really does yeah because you know you're you're, you're going to go and you're going to have some outings where you feel terrible but are you mentally going to tell yourself that you that you, you feel great and that you're ready to go yeah. you should and if you do you're gonna give yourself a shot but if you don't you have no shot no shot in this game mm -hmm. yeah i mean no there's shot. a difference between feeling terrible and then as a result believing you will be terrible or feeling terrible but believing that you can still get the job done regardless 100%. of how you feel 100%. Um, i mean yeah i had to learn that obviously through experience uh as i'm sure you did too but now i mean it's kind of preached i mean i would imagine at most successful programs um, oh yeah i, I want to ask um in terms of just the fall and or up to this point actually with your team maybe specifically with your staff too where you guys think you can improve the most um that's a good question i haven't actually really thought about that but <laughs> i don't know because we still have a lot of question marks for us um okay. You know, because we haven't seen them against anybody else besides our guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we actually we had to fill out a questionnaire for, you know, one of those websites and that question was on there. And we said, it's like, we don't really know yet hmm. because, you know, we know we're competitive. We know, you know, it's going to be cool to see what happens when we get punched in the face uh, and how yes. are our guys going to react, right? Yeah. That's a big question mark for us because we haven't, we haven't seen it yet. You know, mm -hmm. we've seen it, of course, in the inner squads, but those are your teammates, right? But how, how are we going to react when we give a four spot or five spot in the first, or, you know, you know, we lose a close one that we should have won. Like how are we going to react to that or, and, and early on a game or how are we going to, you know, come back the next day and after, you know, a game we get pummeled, Yeah. you know, or a game where we get, you know, we win really big are we going to take the hangover from that or are we gonna come back and it's a new day, hmm. you know? So that's a big question mark for us and see how, how are we, how are we going to deal with that? Because we don't know. We hmm. really don't. Um, you know, for us, arm wise, there's going to be some, some freshmen that throw, how, how are they, how are they going to deal with it? How are hmm. they, are they going to step up? You know, are, are for me, are the returners, you know, going to build off what they learned from last year and get better? Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, so there's a lot of question marks there, but it, for us, it's just a big question mark of we haven't seen this team play somebody else, you know, yeah. with all the new guys and all that kind of stuff that, you know, it's, we don't know. So, you know, it, we're excited, but it's also like, okay, you know, we understand there's going to be growing pains. We're, we're, we're realists. We get it, you know, but you know, how are we going to do in those post ball games? You know, what, are the guys going to, all the stuff they say, are, are, are they going to act upon it? You know, mm. you know, words can be cheap, if, if we don't act on it. So, yeah. you know, that's, I think the biggest thing for us, um, you know, and like I said, we brought a lot of junior college kids in. So how are they going to transition from a junior college to the D one level? Hmm. You know, a couple of guys that played at D one level have, have dropped back. And so they've seen a little bit of it, but 
there's a lot of question marks there. So there's a lot of, I guess you can say unproven pieces at this level. So I think that's where the biggest question marks come in for us. Hmm. I would think we only brought back because we only brought back 13, 14 guys from last year's team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a ton of turnover. I I would imagine that's going to, that's going to bring up a lot of question marks leading into a season. I'm not surprised by that answer. Um, I do want to ask if that, well, I know it does. It gives you guys the opportunity to voice that to your players. If you want, Um, kind of give them that guys, like the spots are open, you know, you got to compete for them. You got to earn them. Uh, but they're, you're still ready for that. Like it's, it's there for the taking. Um, do you guys voice that to your players? Yeah. And, and Tommy, I talked about it all the time. It's like, you might be starting, there's going to be a lineup day one and I bet you the same lineup isn't going to be in, in, in game 56, right. No or chance. game 60 in Omaha. Right. So yeah. it's like, so if you're not in that starting lineup day one, there's no reason to pout because mm-hmm. you know, you're an injury away or an awkward one that doesn't happen, but you know, or someone struggles, like you got to be, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to go. Same mm. pitching, like the weekend rotation that is in the beginning, probably isn't going to be the same at the end. Roles are going to change. Roles are going to, guys are going to step up. Guys are going to not live up to some expectations, so on and so forth. So, so we preach, you got to be ready at all times. You know, you might not make the first travel list, but you can be our weekend guy at the end. Who knows? We, we don't know. Nobody knows. And we yeah. talk about coaching all the time. That's why you, us coaches never promise anything because we don't know. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have a, we could have a vision, right. But it doesn't mean that, you know, you, in the end, it's, it's all up to you. You know, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm just the pitching coach who, yeah, make, make, make some decisions, but it's all in your hands as the player, mm-hmm. you know, the fall, you know, talked about the fall. It's like you buy all your playing time for you yeah, by how you perform. Right. Oh, so yeah. it's all in your hands. Yeah. You know, Tommy signs the final, the final sheet and, you know, we make decisions together on, on the pitching side of it, but it's all up to you. So, yeah. um, you know, big believer in that. And so, you know, like I said, I keep going back to we're excited, but yeah, there are some question marks, but in, in a good way. Like we have, like, I'd say it's like a question mark with an exclamation mark. So we're like fired up for it kind of question marks. If yeah. You know what I'm saying so. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, obviously, the, the fact that you guys are hopeful, you know, you guys have something to look forward to. Um, I think back to like one winter I had leading up to the season where I just kind of found a groove and just started really rolling through the lineups. Um, and then in that I kind of earned a starting role. So, and then, and then with that, you mentioned how guys, you know, they might not start day one, but they'll get their opportunity at some point. I mean, just the odds are heavily in your favor that the lineups are going to change. Um, do you guys... Well, I guess I should ask, how do you guys help players who aren't getting that playing time? You know, the guys on the pitching staff that are pitchers 13 through 20 or the bench bats, the young guys, the guys who've been struggling. How do you help them keep that faith? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes with, you know, experience because it takes it takes 15, to, you know, 15 to 16 arms every year to win. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like if you're one or if you're number 15, right, you got to be ready to go. You know, it could be in a situation where, you know, someone gets hurt that your name's going to be called. So, you you know, you, you got to be prepared. So that's yeah. why, you know, we talk about the routines and, and that kind of stuff that no matter if you're number one on it or the last guy, you still have to have that because when your name's called, you, better, you know, got to be ready. You know, physically, you know, they don't travel. We'll have some stuff set up for them. But, you know, in 
it's just you got you just keep you treat everyone like you know they're the same you know you, mm -hmm. you really have to treat one through 20 as it's the same it's the same guy and it's you know you're there to help them and but it's you know sometimes it's tough like you said you know it's one of me and you know 20 of them you know it's like okay well mm -hmm. you know when, when you talk as a group and i try every day to talk to everyone in, individually as much as i can you know bp i'll go around and make my rounds or you know and and make sure we're, we're all prepared you know for, for when that time comes so um you know i think it's more on the the, the mental side because physically they'll be ready i believe with you know the workload and still gonna throw bullpens like everyone else and you know and and you know all that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. you know that's and also it's good for non-conference to get some guys some innings you know to yeah. see where they're at and you know see you know all that kind of stuff like i said not playing someone else in the fall for us we thought it was a good thing but also might have a little bit of a little drawback where we haven't played anyone else so maybe that we we thought a guy that was going to be a dude but against someone else can't can't handle it so then that other guy steps in mm -hmm. you know so so um you know you just got to keep them keep them ready keep them in high spirits and you know keep their body moving keep their you know make sure they're doing throwing if they're not didn't throw that weekend to keep keep their body fresh and arm fresh and mm. you know and keep them mentally locked in you know for that to happen because i've seen it i'm sure you've seen it i've seen it you yeah. know guys that you know at oregon we had a guy that barely you know what he was a transfer and in some class barely transferred in and became the started in the pen became a starter and then his last two years at oregon was a friday guy wow you know so you see it all the time yeah you know? so, it's funny though it doesn't get talked about a whole lot you just kind of have no, to identify yourself you have to figure it out yeah because sometimes it's not it's a hard conversation to have with players you know, you can't, you're not traveling, you know, that's the thing about transitioning from being a player to a coach was those, those conversations become a lot more difficult, mm. you know, cause you're the one, you know, talking about it and dealing with it and doing all that kind of stuff. So, mm. um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, like, I think you, you nailed, you, you nailed it. You're hundred percent correct. So with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I want to ask about the uh, the difficult point in time, which it's I would assume it's still going on right now. This uh, kind of winter break where, you know, players are going home and stuff like that. Um, I want to ask. It's the hardest. It's 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 the scariest part of our of the year. For me. That's what I've heard. Um, um, it's, so I want to ask about that and how you, how you guys progress through that. Yeah. I mean, I sent out a throwing program, you know, um, kind of a little different. Uh, I've over the years when I played, you know, it's a little different. I learned early in pro ball. I mean, here's a word of advice. Don't go off their throwing program uh, because mm. they tell you to start very late. And the first year I did that, I uh, got dead arm right away in spring training. I was like, okay, next year I am not doing this. I'm starting way earlier. So mm -hmm. then I plan to get dead arm before I got spring training. And and so this year I kind of did a, a program where, because like I said, in the fall, I, I put them through a lot, a lot of throwing. You know, we throw six, you know, not pitched six days a week, but we're throwing six days a week. Some guys throw seven. They don't like having a, mm. a day off. Um, you know, so yeah, it's scary. Um, you know, I, I did a program this year where I did a, a thing where first two weeks it was 90 feet every other day. Um, mm -hmm. basically the whole thing behind that is that you basically keep the arm going, but you're also giving your body a rest. Like an active rest. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Cause the shutdown thing has changed in the last 10 years, you know, back you know, yeah. pro ball's a little different because you throw so much, so you need to have that time off. But mm -hmm. like, 
you know, some, you know, some younger kids are like, oh, I'm gonna shut down for two months. I was like, yeah, that might not be the smartest thing for you because mm. what happened to all that work, the, all that work you put in the fall, then all of a sudden you lose it all. You know? yeah. So this is kind of, this is kind of a way where we don't lose too much, but we give our body a rest, but our arm's still going. And then it progresses into 120 feet for a week. And then we get in our four, start going four or five days and in our bullpens. And then we're, we're ready. Then it's set up and ready to go, you know, week one. And, and when we come back, so um, it kind of, it's scary because it's a lot of accountability on that. But yep, absolutely. Some of, players, some of these players think, you know, that we're dumb and I won't see it. And I was like, I told them before, I was like, if you didn't do throwing, I'm not saying you have to follow it to a T, but if you didn't do what you're supposed to, I, I will see it in two seconds. Yeah, I was so, going to ask. I was going to ask. Yeah, it's, 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 for me, it's very, very easy to see. And then they'll be like, oh, I'm extra sore today. I was like, well, did you do this? And uh, I was like, well, there's your answer. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it is scary. It is the scariest time of the year. Not even like summer ball season. Like it's, it's, cause it's, it's, it's out of, it's out of our control. Yeah, it's absolutely out of your control. And I would ask like why some players don't do it or, but you can't really answer that. It's so that's hard. A good, that's a good question. I'm it's, still trying to figure out that, that, that myself. Yeah, it, it's – I wish there you was know. an answer to it. I mean, because I've always been the guy that never wanted to shut down ever, um, at least during college. And then now as, as professional season kind of uh, shifts the timeline, like you mentioned, um, in my first off season, I took a lot of time off, started pretty late, didn't have the best feeling – uh, being on the mound in spring training yeah. this offseason completely different I mean I think I took three weeks off maybe after a full year of of playing which you know I threw 55 innings or whatever. yeah you have, to, you have to see your workload and all that kind of stuff and you know and and the funny thing about that you bring up you know workload 55 innings well you know also don't don't count those you know ups and downs where you get up and you sit back down and the toll yes. that takes on your body too as well right and Mm-hmm. You know, so we, I do up down bullpens all the time for our starters and, you know, and even our relievers to, to be able to throw multiple innings because you got to teach them to do that. You can't just be like, oh, you're going to throw, you know, you're all going in a spot, throw three innings. You got to build them up the right way. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, but yeah, that it's scary, man. It's, it's, and it's tough. And some of these younger kids think they can fool you. And I was like, yeah, I've seen probably too many pitches in my life to be able to be fooled when it comes to that. So, you know, yeah. if you, if you want to think that and go ahead, but. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I, don't, I, I think if you ask probably a thousand pitching coaches, probably they would ninety-nine percent probably say the same thing. Yeah, I have one theory. I think some players maybe feel like they have a solidified role, and it's the role that they don't want. So they feel like, okay, no matter what I do, um, I can't really change anything. But then I go back to that short story I told you about how I kind of elevated my role in that winter. Uh, sort of season to five weeks kind of before the season started um, I kind of want to ask about how you guys go about your business with that too and right. how much that impacts you guys choosing your lineup day one I feel like if pitchers yeah, knew about that more they would say oh yeah like this is crucial this is so crucial for me yeah we're very honest with them um, I tell them yeah. where they stand at all times um, you know and you know, we had our exit meetings and, and tough conversations to have sometimes, but you'd rather be honest with them. You know, I'm a big believer in that and trust and honesty in this mm. game. Because once you obey, disobey that once, can you ever fully trust the person? I don't know. You know, but 
you know, so it's, you know, I tell them where they stand, where, where they need to get better, where they need, you know, do this. I tell them all the time. And they, sometimes I think they think I'm joking. It's like, if you don't do the little things, you don't do the stuff that matters, then you're not going to pitch in meaningful games. It's not a mm-hmm. lie. It's, it's the honest truth. Like you'll yeah. pitch up 10 down 10. Sure. If you don't want to control the running game, you don't want to, you know, get, get your glove picked like, you know, from, from, you know, the dugout wherever and all that kind of stuff that it, it matters. Yeah. So, you know, so sometimes they're like, oh, we'll see. I was like, okay, go ahead. Trust me, you know, try me, see what happens. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's definitely, it's, and I, I bring up the word trust. I think trust is everything. Hmm. I want them to trust me. It's a, it's a two-way street. You know, it's, you know, I want them, I want to trust them in big situations, but I also want them to trust me, know that I have their back. Yeah, because as you know, as a pitcher, that's big to know that you know you you know you'll get put in that situation, and it only helps you you know mentality as well. So, mm. um, you know, on the you know on the offensive side, I don't I stay out of it. I know my lane. You know, I'll run my mouth to the guys when you know if I'm calling pitches or all that kind of stuff. But mm. you know, yes. I, I you know the he'll you know I'll get they'll ask me for some input of kind of what I see. So like some of the hitters will come talk to me about what I saw from, from my view, mm. you know, on the pitching side, you know, how would I pitch them? How would I, you know, why did I throw that at that time? And, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so, some of the older guys do that. The younger guys are starting to pick up on it a little bit, but mm. um, you know, that kind of matters, but we're very upfront with our guys, very upfront, you know, tell mm-hmm. them where they stand and, you know, and if you don't like it, do something about it. You know, I know it's cliche. It's like, you don't like it, play better. Well, it's kind of true. Oh yeah. It's not, it's, it's really true. It's, to a T, you know, but, you know, like I said, don't get, you know, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? If, yeah. You know, if, you know, if you don't like your role, go ahead, do it, do it on the mound. Yeah. It all, There's got to be something that you right, change. You know, yeah. baseball gods are real. I'm a big believer in the baseball gods. <laughs> you know, seriously. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You know, like totally. some people say, oh, the baseball gods, like, what are you talking about? I was like, how long have you been playing baseball for? oh they're so real oh yeah oh they're looking down you know you know they're looking down on you so yeah you know it's like yeah some guys this you know i don't want to say that this generation but it's like don't you should never be comfortable with what what you're doing Mm. you know even if you're starting a friday night you know you want to be the best in the conference best in the league whatever it may be you know if you're comfortable just oh i I get a pitch i get my innings fine but don't you want to don't you want what you set out to, to do the goals that you set yeah. Isn't that what you want? So don't be comfortable with a, another role just because, oh, I get to throw innings. No, go go for it, man. You know, set, mm. set that bar high and, and go for it. Climb that mountain and, and, and get to the and, – and don't be co- comfortable with getting, oh, I just got to the first part. No, get comfortable where you want to be, and, and that's at the top. I was going to save this question for a little later, but now I have to ask since you mentioned it, this generation. Not that, not that we're, you know, talking down on them, but uh, I'm curious of, like – kind of the big changes you've seen over the time just in your you know maybe beginning coach career but also playing career just how things have have changed whether it's the player coach relationship or how how players like to be instructed i call i call it two things the social media generation and the participation trophy generation <laughs> um okay i like where I mean, this I've, is going I've co- I've, I've, I've coached youth baseball. I've done every level. I've done high school. 
junior college, D1, you know, played without, you know, I don't want to sound like how to put this and not in a, it's not a mean way, but, you know, generations are, the players have changed. I think it's more on the toughness side of it. I think it's mm. more on, you know, um, I call it the participation trophy because now they're doing tournaments for youth. It's like, oh, you get, you get a, you get a, a ring or a gold medal when you come in the, you win the bottom bracket. Are you teaching people to do, do things the right way? That way? Yeah. I know it's because it, it makes money. I get that. It's a business. I get it. Yeah. But that is not teaching these kids how to be successful. It really isn't. In my view. I don't know if some people would agree, disagree, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, for me, it was like, I tell a story all the time. I was at Oregon. I was a starter. And all of a sudden I had like one or two starts. I didn't do well. So I got sent to the pen instead of pouting about it. I, I took care of business and two or three weeks later, I was back in the rotation and never did I let someone take that out of my hand ever again. I started game one of the regional mm. in, in 2010. And, in, and instead of pouting about it, I did something about it. Nowadays, it's a little different. Mm. You know, you have no offense to some parents, but they have too much influence on the kids. And, and when we were, and we recruit, yeah. we make sure we do our homework, right? Or they come from mm. a good family or the parents too much in the ear or so on and so forth. But, you know, that stuff matters. It really does. Yeah. But, you know, it's like social media has changed it all for me. Um, I mean, mm. I was, when I was playing, Twitter was kind of new. Uh, when I was in college, it was, it was MySpace and Facebook. Like, you know, yeah. now you have Twitter and, you know, you know, people that know, you know, think they've reinvented the wheel and baseball hasn't changed in however how long, right? You know, so, you know, uh, we can talk about this topic for a long time. I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> might hear this and be like, Oh wow! Like yeah, that's mean, or it might not be, you know. But it's the truth. Like I said, I'm going to be pretty honest, and mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 changed the game a lot. And yeah. Do I think for the better for some things? Yes. Do I think for the worse for some things? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, recruit. Yeah. Rec it's helped recruiting a lot. You know, mm -hmm. you can. You know, I've I've recruited guys I've seen on Twitter, right? Or you know, and you know, now you got these recruiting guys that you know charge out the ass because they know all his coaches to get you somewhere, right? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but also I think also what it, it's done is that's made some unrealistic, I guess, ways where they think they should be at this level when they really shouldn't because mm. of social media. I'm sure you've seen it. You know, sure. some guys, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm being mean, but there's some kids that are way off and, the, and it, it probably stems from the parents, if I had to guess. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you're a D1 oh, yeah. player, but are you? And you, remember, you have to do what's best for you. You know, someone called mm -hmm. me, a, fam a family I've, you know, I've known for a while and their kids, you know, maybe a lefty, but he's a little, you know, a little smaller. And they asked me for advice. And this is what I said. I said, go somewhere where you're loved and go and just be real with yourself. Mm. You know, nowadays with the portal, and that say if you develop and you and you don't like it, you can always transfer. I, I mean, it sounds bad on me to say that. It's but wild that, but you can. It yeah. is. It's wild, wild west, right? And mm -hmm. but it's true. So it's like go where you, you know, where you have the best opportunity for you. Just because you're not mm. going D one or bust, right? Like, yeah, it's not everything. You know, there's 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 some D you know NA teams that could beat D one teams. JC teams that can beat that, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, just go what's best for you. But everyone's like, oh, you know, D1 or bust. It's like, you know, just some of these people are so un- un- unrealistic. And I think it has to do with social media and people that are in their ear. Okay. Not you brought- going too much on a tangent. No, no, I love it. Because you brought up the parent thing. I try to say it as often, honestly, on here. I mean, parents, just just get out. Like, just get uninvolved. Like, it's so much easier, right? You be, gotta have be them be bi- uninvolved, right? Be their biggest fan from a distance. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, you're saying like the the world of social media. I I think the best, well, not best, but the optimistic way to call it would be like the world of information. We're in such mm-hmm. a heavy informational sort of like yeah, sort of atmosphere when it comes to baseball now. And Twitter obviously is like the forefront of that. Um, yeah, I think, I think people can get lost in information for sure. Um, and get lost in things that don't necessarily get players to the next level. I mean, I think up into this point, we haven't mentioned really anything that you've seen or that you like to look at that has to do with metrics or ball data, Mm -hmm. uh, anything along those lines. I mean, sure. Yeah. Like those things help, but Mm-hmm. Are those going to get you even to the program? Like, I mean, come on, you've got to be unbelievably special in those regards, like to be, to just get there solely off that. Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, for me, I use the eye test, you know, I've, I've seen, a, seen enough pitchers been around some great coaches and, you know, for me, analytics just confirm what I see. Mm. Um, I use it as a tool. Don't get me wrong. There are some things I don't see and, you know, but like, for me, like, for example, I can see if a, guy, if, a, if a breaking ball is backing up, it's not spinning right, it's not getting a lot of swing and miss. Well, obviously, the analytics aren't, aren't going to be very good on it. The efficiency is not going to be good on the breaker. Or, you know, fastball, the ball's cutting. Obviously, the efficiency is not good, right? Sure. So, but for me, I don't, I don't need that to tell me. I, I can see that, right? But yeah. so I take that with my eyes and take, you know, the, the metrics and analytics and I put it together. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, but when it comes on like, you know, social media guys post stuff. Okay. You know, for example, you see guys, Oh yeah. You know, hit 91 for the first time, but you look at the pitch, it's starting to backstop. What does that yeah, do or, or they're just letting it go. And it's like, okay. Uh, I mean, you that, hit does, it. Yeah. But can you does that, do that get me out a hundred times? Like, yeah, yeah, does that yeah. get me out that too. Yeah. I mean, does that get me to, to, to win, to get 27 outs in a game? Yeah. You know, I get it, the stuff and, because as a pitching coach, like you said, just one of me, I can only have, you can only have so many projects, mm-hmm. right? You got to have some guys that you have to have some older guys, guys that lead by example. And you got a guys, a lot of guys that command, command the baseball because there's only so much time I can spend with players first yeah. off anyways. And then, you know, there's only so much time to get ready for a season. So, you know, it's like, yeah, cool. You threw 90 and your EV was this and that. And a pet peeve of mine, I hate when people send me videos and slow down and slow mo. I hate it. Really? Why? I can slow down myself. Yeah, that's true. I'd rather, I'd rather see stuff in, in game speed, game like situations. Mm. I can slow down if I want. I can, you know, you know, I can, you know, for, for when it's slowed, it's like, okay, well, I want to see it in full speed because mm. when we do stuff here, it's going to be full speed, right? We're not going to slow it down. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, and some people are, might hear this and might not agree and that's fine. You know, we all have our different philosophies and views and, you know, but yeah, of course, Velo is great. Stuff's great. Don't get me wrong. We love it. But if it's inconsistent and you can't do it on a consistent basis, how are you going to help the team? How are you going to help our staff 
be the best in the big West. Yeah. You know, like I said, you can only, yeah, there might be some mechanical things and you, I, I might see, I might be able to fix to help it, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I said, Velo's great. Hard breaking ball is great, but you know, how can you help me you know, well, when so it comes you, down to the bottom line? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are in the unfortunate position where you kind of have to yield results. So yeah, you can focus on, you can focus on things that are a little bit more like systems, the process, and those in turn will yield results, obviously when you guys get there, but when recruiting guys, it's all, it's a little bit different because you have to look at, can they yield results? Can they be successful? Um, yeah. And that I'm has glad to, you brought and, the, yeah. so, sorry, go actually go. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we, we, we teach our guys to lay off the results, right? You know, mm-hmm. You know, I tell guys, get off the scoreboard. That's your nemesis. If you're worried about your scoreboard and your numbers, you're worried about the wrong thing. Because then you start worried, you know. I had a kid last year that, like, kept, oh, I kept getting home runs, and oh, I gave this home run, and I give this run. Who cares? If you're worried about that, you're worried about the wrong thing. You know, if you're worried about executing one pitch at a time, and when bad stuff happens, you get to the next one, then we're on the right track because you're done with and you're worried about that one pitch. If you're worried about mm. the last bomb you gave up, you can't execute, you can go four-pitch walk, it's just going to spiral more out of control. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it's for me, that's a, that's a huge point. You know, it's, it's, it's yes, we are in a result-oriented game, which I get, right? But, and we teach them to lay off the results. But in the end, when you recruit, you know, you got to worry about the results. Yeah. Right. Can they pitch? Are they, you know, their numbers good. Like, so it's kind of a counterbalance, right. Of, you know, they learn that when they recruit, you, know, you, you recruit them that they have to, you know, their results matter because they have to do well to get to this level. Right. Mm-hmm. And they have to worry about their velo and all that kind of stuff. But when you get here, it's okay. Can you get off the scoreboard and can we just work together to, to win that ball game and to focus on that game and that pitch and that inning alone. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's a tough line to cross for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Sorry to interrupt, of, but it was a big, no, good no, point. No, no, you're, you're right. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, it is about wins and losses. That is like, that is the, keep the whole job. point. Yeah. It's, it's a team effort first and foremost, but in terms of the recruiting side, that has to be, you know, such a big factor, but also it has to have changed as of late now, because with the portal, you can go get guys that have experience now, right? Or, you know, junior college guys, like you mentioned, you've brought in some junior college guys. I would imagine that's got to be one of the big things is just numbers to actually grasp and look at and say, okay, yes, this guy can yield results at this level. Like there's a I mean, there's some yeah, real value you're in not, that. Unless you got a guy that like, you know, got hurt and his numbers, that's why his numbers were down. But like, mm. no offense, you're not going to go recruit a guy that hit 180. And unless he's pulled play. out of his mind. Or didn't, or didn't play. play, right? Yeah. You know, everything's like, when it comes to recruiting, like, honestly, I, I, for me, I, yeah, your highlight tape's cool, but I want to see when you fail, how you deal mm. with it. You know, like, cool. Yeah. Highlight tape puts you on the map, you know, velo and that kind of puts you on the map, but I want to see you in game. Mm. Like some kids are like, oh, I want to, I want to come here, but I've never seen you play before. Like, I want to see how you deal with adversity. Sometimes that's the best tool. To see mm-hmm. how, like I said, when, when stuff's not going your way, how are you going to deal with it? You know, so yeah. it's, you know, so like the videos are, you know, the highlight stuff, it's cool. And, 
you know, EV that, you know, you know, these, these events, it's like, cool. Like, you know, for example, I think it's kind of funny that there's events going on right now when no coaches and you want to go D1, but you're playing in tournaments. We can't go out and see you. There's events going on right now. There were in December. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Jeez. Um, I got asked though, does that affect your timeline with how you recruit guys? Does that make you want to see them for a little bit longer? Maybe we, I mean, we were pretty aggressive last year with some guys, word of mouth matters, guys that we trust. Here comes the word trust again. You know, when we trust a lot of people in this industry that we all know, and they say, this guy's going to be a dude and it's someone you really trust. We'll we'll believe him. Maybe I'll make an offer without seeing him. Yeah. But, but for the most part, you know, we're going to go out and see him. And, you know, for us, you know, everyone has different philosophy. When Tom is at Stanford, they got him young, you know? You know, you got those guys now getting scholarships in seventh, eighth grade, right? Which is, yeah, you know, as you know from our area, Rock Regio was probably the first, right? Oh you yeah, know, it made a big splash when he when when he you know committed and that kind of stuff. But now mm. it's like, you know, for us, you know, we've kind of done it where we've been successful getting JC guys late, and we've been successful mm. getting guys that pop up late. Yeah. You know, for us, like you know, we got or starting shorts that are probably going to be a freshman that we got late last year, you know, because mm. we came in in January. So all these kids that we got last year were uncommitted and didn't sign early. Mm. We had one kid that was committed when we came here. The other 21 guys, we got late. We got after, after January 3rd when we got hired. Wow. So, so some of these kids are like, Oh, you don't have offers right now. So what we, there's a lot of programs. that's like us. We have spots and money available. You know, we, yeah. so it's like, if you're panicking right now, you don't have a job. Like there's, you know, if you, like I've heard some like 24 kids are juniors right now. It's like, Oh, I'm, you're seeing all these guys commit. Well, it's like, you don't have to panic. There's a lot of schools, a lot of availability, you know, guys transfer, you know, mm. yeah, it's hurt. It's hurt the high school game a little bit. I think with the transfer portal and recruiting, which, mm. which, but like for us and some UCs, it's hard to get transfer guys in. It's not the easiest. Yeah. You got to be smart and you got, yeah. And you got to come from an academic school. It's hard to get guys from state schools, you know? So, yeah. And, and plus, you know, us as we want to develop, we want to, especially on the pitching side, you know, I I want high school guys to develop for the upcoming years because that's what it's all about. That's what I enjoy. Mm. That's why, that's why we do it. Right. You know, to, to help kids on and off the field, develop them, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, the, it's like, you know, some of these kids, you know, I always laugh about how some of these football players, oh, I just received my 20th offer from blah, blah, blah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, you only commit to one school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, post it when you commit. Yeah. You know? It's like, like, you know, I get it, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it's changed a lot. But some's for, the, like I said, it's not all negative. Some's for the good. Uh, mm. I believe in that, you know, but also some of it has also changed and negatively i think i believe them so yeah well also the talent level at least for the last few years due to covid has has definitely boosted considering how many more people are kind of sticking around in college and how that's affecting high school arms do you think that'll shift back to uh, in terms of just the talent level you think that'll kind of come back down yeah i think this is like the last year of kind of that covid you know affecting rosters and stuff you know, yeah. it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. Like when you had fifth and sixth years and 24 year olds coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Yeah. And they're on scholarship money. It's that still counts towards your 27. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, that hurt, then that hurts a guy, a high school guy, right. Or a JC guy or whatever it may be. So, mm. you know, it's, you know, I think that's going to shift, you know, I think finally it's going to break through and shift by the way, but the portal still, it's a real thing, man. Mm. And, it, and it's, it's, and it, so I, I say guys, like what, like I tell my guys, what are you going to do to stick out? What are you going to do to separate yourself? Yeah. You know, if it's, are you going to take that extra rep? Are you going to do, do something that you don't want to do, but that's going to take you to the next level, like stuff like that. Like it matters, mm-hmm. you know, it, it does, but, um, you know, so we'll kind of see how that, you know, that, that plans out and they're, you know, they're trying to change baseball a little bit in a good way in the college level, you know, trying to add more coaches, trying to, you know, change the, the landscape scholarships and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and portal and whatever it may be. And, you know, it's, I think it's going to be for the better, you know, but, you know, when you have, you know, two paid coaches and, and a head coach here, you only go out and recruit. There's all these events nowadays. It's hard to see everybody. Yes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. word of mouth matters and trust. And that's where I bring in trust again. It matters. People you trust that you will, you know, be like, Hey, I like this player. And it's like, okay. You know, and they see some games. I really like, okay, well let's, let's take a look. And maybe if it works out, we'll, we'll take a shot on. So, mm. I want to ask a little hypothetical about something you mentioned just now with the potential adding another coach, um, which would change the complexion of college baseball drastically. Um, I'm sure you can agree with me on that. Um, if that were to happen, I would imagine most programs are going to be adding a lot of guys to help on the pitching side. Do you think that would yeah, be the case? Yeah, actually, I, I was talking about this as a coach I know very well, and he's a head coach now. He's a pitching guy, and he said, mm-hmm. "Like when you do, when you're a head coach and you're pitching, the same, it's tough." Like Sarlos at TCU, his volunteer is a pitching guy. Um, mm. A lot of coaches thought thought about it because you have 35 guys on a roster, 18 half or a little more than half are pitchers, mm-hmm. and we always in a cliche like pitching defense wins championships. So if that's what you're about, then maybe you would put more towards that. You know, luckily for enough, I have a, you know, player personnel guy that's helped me, that helps me out this year. And it's been a huge help. Like, yeah, you know, I it's like, like, if I go and like have to go see an arm or something, I know I trust him that he can get the bullpen done. Hmm. You know, it's like, but if, but, you know, for me, if, if I wasn't, if I'm, you know, I've got to go out and recruit and see an arm, it's tough when there's two of us that can go out and I have to be there for bullpens. How am I supposed to see him? Hmm. You know, so having an extra guy and, you know, it's, it'd be huge for us, you know, on the recruiting side of it, you know, being out to, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, I think, yeah, I think some programs will add double pitching guys or someone that has maybe knows both or someone, you know, that, you know, can do that or maybe a catching guy that's done pitching before or whatever it, it might be. But, yeah, you know, yeah, I think you're going to start seeing that more. I do. I, I, th- I think at least it, that's how it should, it should go. Yeah. That's coming from someone that, you know, doing I love what I do and I love, you know, doing all this, but would it be nice to have some, a little bit of help? Of course. Who doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. who doesn't want that? Cause you know, four hours are better than two, right? Oh, absolutely. And we, we've been talking about kind of this age of social media information. Maybe some guys or programs, I should say, are going to start targeting people who specialize in that area. Um, you've already mentioned like, um, like check it to UCSB. I remember when I took a visit there, 
they showed me like they basically showcased their analytics guy they're like come look at what this guy can do and that's kind of rare right now to have an analytics guy who's you know so advanced i would imagine that's also going to be a hot commodity if slash when they add a coach yeah and some of these programs have analytical departments as a major yeah that's crazy that's such an advantage more, more schools are starting to do that so you know, yeah, we are in the world of analytics nowadays. You know, do I agree with all of it sometimes? No. Um, but you can't. Yeah, you can't agree with all of it. Right. Is, is it a necessity for a program? Sure. Especially, especially talk about this generation, right? They love it. Yeah. You know, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I haven't pulled out Rapsodo or anything for one of our, one of, one of our bullpens all year. Hmm. You want to you know why? Because they, then they start throwing to it. They start throwing, oh, I got to I gotta yeah. throw it harder. Oh, I got to spin it better. And they worry about throwing strikes and worry about mixing speeds and doing the little things that will make them successful, mm. not just here, but in professional baseball. Then we go in air mm. squads. And of course I have it all and we'll break it down. And, you know, I haven't come watch video with me and all that kind of stuff. Right. But like, sure. I haven't, I haven't pulled it out all year. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I remember while I was here at Tulane, I was so focused on it. So unbelievably focused on it until the season started. Once the season started, didn't think about it one bit. Right. And then when I got to, um, you know, Arizona with the Royals first week, it's like, I'm cons- like, they could see it in me that I'm concerned with the movement of the pitch or they're talking with me as I'm throwing They're like, they could see how concerned I was. They're like, dude, you're throwing a bullpen. Like, that's not the important part right now. Don't worry about that. That's not the, that's not the point of what you're doing right now. You got to kind of change the a, mindset. And that's coming from a professional organization that you know, yeah. all these guys are, built on analytics now so it's like you know that's where the old school side comes out of me um you know because that's the toughness you know put everything on the line and and go for it you know that's why i say catch play right we do stuff right in a catch play we're gonna get on top we're gonna do other things right and the Mm. bullpen's gonna translate of course if we're working on something and you know i'll show them different grips do all that kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. you know i'm more worried about how how many times you're gonna hit that you know the fastball down the way or you know my thoughts i like throwing inside how are we going to, you know, I tell them all the time, don't be scared of throwing inside. You hit somebody, so what? Right. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to tell you how to do that. It's all yeah. here, man. It's all about you and the catcher and us as in our pen setting, being able to do that. How many times can you repeat it? Yeah. You know, how many times can you attack it? You know? Yeah. If we need to work on something, sure. We'll, 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 we'll we inner squat a lot and we'll pull it, pull it out. We'll, we'll break it down. And, you know, but like I said, I go to the eye test, you know, I, we take video and I can see it from the side. Oh, you're around it. That's why it's backing up. And why don't we get a little bit more on top and think on top and late and see if we can, you know, snap it and see that we can get some, some tighter spin on it. You know, mm. I, I don't, and call me old school or whatever. And I guess I'm sort of young for what I do, but mm. this stuff works. It hasn't changed. Baseball hasn't changed. You still have to execute 60.6 feet away and you still yeah. have to throw it over the plate. Yeah. It's why pretty plain and simple. Why don't we work at that? Yeah, keep it simple, stupid, right? Kiss. Absolutely. A lot of us use that. Yeah, it's I say that, that all it, the time. It is. A, it, it is. A, yeah, and it, it, it's true. It is. Yeah. It is undoubtedly the truth. I mean, yeah, I can't think of how many guys who have just this plus stuff. You see it in the pens. You're like, it's amazing. Um, and then you look at their numbers. You're like, oh man, this guy has no idea how to pitch. But I've never seen a guy who has, we could just call it plus command or plus pitch ability, whatever it is, and have just 
horrific stats. Like if you want to be a numbers guy, it's like, it just doesn't happen. A guy who's just great pitchability, he'll figure it out more often than not than the guy that really isn't dialed in on the mound. That's why I love watching Maddox at the end of his career. And I was lucky enough to play with Bartolo when I was with the Mets. And I tell the story all the time. It was the most, most impressive bullpen I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, He would, go through his bullpen he'd say where he put it where he wanted to and then when when he didn't and he, he messed up he would go clear where, where he was a foot strike where his landing foot was he'd clear it that was his reset to get back where he needed to be mm. and then he'd go back to putting it where he wanted to but he said he's he's done this even when he threw 100 yeah like and, and you know watching those guys and that's called pitching we're not throwing yeah, we're throwers when we play catch and do all that kind of stuff, but we're pitching, mm. right? And that means throwing strikes and doing doing the things right and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, so it's, like you said, you know, you've seen some guys with really good stuff, but you look at their numbers, the walks are high, right? You know, we look at walk out the strike ratio, whip, you know, all that kind of stuff, those numbers, right? Yeah. Those those analytical numbers are very important. Sure. More important than what, what a rap photo says. Yeah, because if we're if we're giving up, you know, less than one hit an inning, and we're walking, you know, not walking a whole lot, you're probably ERA and your other numbers are probably going to be very good. Yes, right. Yeah, and that's what matters. How can you get us twenty seven outs to win a ball game? Mm-hmm. Well, and there's certainly now so many advanced metrics that are result oriented still, but mm-hmm. advanced metrics that you can look to to like really kind of paint the proper picture of how a pitcher should perform at least Mm -hmm. one of the things I do side with in terms of the okay I like this guy with a lot of talent stuff is you can teach him or at least I would expect you can teach him how to these are two these are two kind of like real popular things now sequencing and tunneling like those are two things where it's like okay if a guy's terrible at you know, these things like obviously is not going to be effective, but again, you don't even have to have great stuff. And if you're good at sequencing and tunneling, you can be highly successful, but then you have the guy with the great stuff and it's, and it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. If he sequences and tunnels well, then it's just a icing on the cake. Well, I think tunneling, I think, I think you're right. Tunneling is great because release height is very important, right? If we can throw Mm -hmm. everything in the same arm slot, yeah, you're gonna be successful. Right. You're throwing something at, at, at five six, but you're throwing a changeup at five at five five foot. Well, hitter's going to see that. Yeah. So like when we break that down, very important. Like mm-hmm. you know, that's the first thing I look at when I look at our, our our reports is how well did they tunnel the baseball? How well was their you know release height? And does mm-hmm. everything look the same? Yeah. Because if everything looks the same, I'm sure we've all hit before. I mean, I'm not. I have six at bats in my career, but it sucks it was it was like how do you do this right but yeah you know it's it's important because good hitters are going to see that and right. so you know and sequencing of course and but for me i think tunneling if you can tunnel and throw things at the same way and throw pitches in the at the in the same vicinity and stuff like you know be able to mix and mix speeds and go in and out whenever you want on command and you know, the guy's the high spin, be able to throw up in the zone when we need to. And, 
you know, be able to throw everything off the same, then you're, you're sitting pretty. Right. But yeah. you know, so, so when it comes out, that's what I look at first, mm. you know, cause it's, it is important. So like, th- that's why I say like analytics, I, 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 I agree with a lot of them. I mean, I agree with analytics. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's taken over too much. Yeah, definitely. At times they can't like, you know, there's some guys that are doing analytics. that have never played a base game of baseball in their life. Yeah. And, Absolutely. and they're, and for me, so they say all this stuff as like, have you ever done it? Have you ever, can you teach how to do it? I get you understand and you can say all this stuff, but can you physically teach someone when they ask you how to do it? Yeah. And every guy that you're teaching is going to perceive what you're saying a little bit differently. Yeah. Like I said, everyone's different. Right. So, yeah. you know, you talk about, you know, the big thing right now, hip and shoulder separation. Right. And, if, and if I told a couple of guys might understand what that means, but I brought it up the other day. I said, Oh, it was like, you know, hip separation. Like, huh? What, what does that mean? I was like, exactly. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Kiss, right. Keep it simple, stupid, keep it simple. Cause everyone's different. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, that's my view. And people, like I said, some people might watch this and be like, nah, yeah, right. Whatever, whatever you say. Yeah, and if they dis- but if they disagree, then that's probably means they should assess themselves as well. Well, okay, yeah. I've, we talked about sequencing, though, because um, in college, it, it can be a little different from pro ball. Um, mm-hmm. So for you guys, or for you in particular, uh, when it comes to sequencing, or at least during the season, will you be doing like the pitch calling? Or yeah, I call- do you like to give guys autonomy a little bit, shaking? How does that work for you guys? Yeah, so yeah, I call pitches. Um, mm-hmm. For, for me, shaking is, is earned. Um, yeah. It's out of trust and you have to show me that you can do it and you're, you're going to go for it with, with full conviction if you do shake. So, you know, the freshmen, the young guys, the incoming guys have to earn it. Um, you know, but, yeah. you know, kind of my philosophy is we throw inside. Um, you know, I know this is, you know, the last couple of years, the breaking ball percentage has gone up. Fastball percentage have gone down. Oh, yeah. um, and, I, and I, I understand that, but, for me, I still believe the fastball starts everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we you throw off your fastball, right? I was a sinker slider guy. So, you know, I threw sinker probably, uh, or fastball probably 70% of the time. People knew mm-hmm. it was coming. People knew it was coming. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a surprise, but I went with it and I went for it and I had full conviction and I believed I can beat them at any time. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah, so, you know, when it comes to sequencing, I like, I like to mix. You know, I, I like guys that throw, that's why I went fastball change for three weeks. I like guys that can throw change up. It's the most devastating pitch in baseball. Mm, you know, people are like, oh, yeah. good, good, oh, good spin, breaking ball. Sure, sure. But try hitting a right and right change up. <laughs> yeah. Try getting, try getting a change up where a guy throws 88 and change up 74 and it parachutes and you know it's coming, you still can't hit it. Yeah. Right. So for me, that's, that's earned. Um, for the, but, you know, it, nowadays we do so much video, so much, you know, on reports. I mean, I spend hours and hours on, on our reports for when guys come in, but we have, you know, video and, you know, true media and all these chart stuff now that, you know, some people are like, oh, you guys, oh, it's a power trip called pitches. No, it's just because I put in the work. You know, if I, if I ever yeah. have a catcher that's willing to put in the work and sit with me and, and go over reports, I'd let him call it. It's not mm-hmm. about... It's not, that's not what it's about, but the work mm. that, you know, me and my staff put in in reports, you know, every game and, 
So when when I when another team comes in, I already know I've already seen them. I already know what I'm gonna, my my plan is going to be. Yeah, and it might change from here to there, but and it's also I do it because I want them to think less. Oh, that makes so much them, sense. I want them to just go out and compete, execute what's called, and if they're feeling something, they see something, good, shake to it and go for it, right? Yeah. But I want them to worry about executing that 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 pitch, mm-hmm. and that's what it boils down to. It's a lot easier too when you don't have to think as much. It's so much easier. I can right. tell you from experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your 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 thoughts are going a, a million miles. So let's keep it as less thoughts as possible. If you're worried about, oh, you're gonna swing at this? No. Okay. Fastball, fastball, and okay. Deep breath. Good. Ready to go for it. So, um, and I, you know, some people might think, oh, calling pitches is a power trip. It's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. No, you guys are just way more prepared than we are. That's just what it is like yeah, and yeah and if like i said if you're, you're you want to go for it and you're like I, I i have full conviction over this pitch instead of the one i called sure be my guest yeah and we'll talk about it and i'll go over my you know the sky report before with all of them before you know a team even shows up and tell them their strengths and their weaknesses and you know and we have heat maps and all that good, kind of good stuff and information mm-hmm. so we have all the information you know i can go yeah. over with them I'll, they're not going to remember yeah, a couple of them might be like, oh, I see this, and I know we can't hit this. You're learning. You might be a coach, you know, one day and be like, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I think pitch calling is an art. It, it, it is. And I was lucky enough to learn under Jason Dietrich. At, he's the head coach of Cal State Fullerton now. Mm-hmm. And I coach with him, and I think he's one of the best in the country. And that's who I learned mm-hmm. from and taught me the ways. And I, when I coached with him, I sat next to him, I just watched and observed. Mm-hmm. And he asked me for my input, and, and he'd be like – well, do you see this? I know you put this, but do you see why I did this? And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. I sat there and learned and observed, mm-hmm. and and he, he taught me the ways, and now I get to compete against him, which is beautiful. So that, wow, that's actually a great segue into what I was going to ask about for your personal side of things, because a lot of players who want to be coaches, I would think they should do something along those lines, like kind of take try to get their coach to take them under their wing and show them the ropes so, and you did this while you were a player, right? No, I did this while I was, I, or while I, was, you were coaching? I was, so I went back, I went back and, and I didn't finish college before I, I got drafted. So I went back and finished school, got okay. the scholarship I had to, to go back and coach and be an undergrad. Got you. At got Oregon. You. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was lucky enough that, you know, Horton took me back and, um, you know, and I just sat there and just learned and just absorb all the information as much as I can. And yeah, knew that, you know, he's one of the, one of the best and, you know, now coming from the playing side, seeing it from him as, as a, on the coaching side of it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it, it all made total sense. Did oh, you yes, know you always wanted to be a coach? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I knew. So my last, so I kind of went ended my career. I had back surgery and I went mm-hmm. and played another another year after that. And then I was going to that off season. I started training again and started throwing again. And for me, for the first time, it felt like a job. Never has baseball mm-hmm. felt like a job to me. Yeah. Um, it felt like I was blessed to be able to play. And so that's when I knew. And that's when I transitioned. I actually coached a year at Westlake High School yeah. um, for one season. So I'll talk about that. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. But um, yeah. And then I went back and I called coach like, hey, I need to finish school. And he was like, uh, you got to get in. I was like, grad school is like, no coach. I didn't even finish my undergrad. He's like, all right, let me, let me call you back half hour. Calls me back. He's like, would you, would you come back and be an undergrad and 
take the scholarship that you had your last year? I was like, of course. Who wouldn't want to yeah. learn under him? You know, but yeah. that's why I ended up graduating and, you know, and huh. now I'm here today. So, uh, but yeah, I was, um, you know, coach going back, coach back with Ullman and all the guys I've met, you know, throughout my career and, mm-hmm. you know, played for and coached for. And, but yeah, and, you know, me and Dietrich are very close and, you know, I trust me, I, he knows I have that, that series circled on my calendar. And, you know, it was funny. We were there last year and, you know, and it's calling pitches. And one of our pitchers was like, huh, these styles look similar. I was like, that's who I learned from. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. College baseball. I mean, so it's such a twined uh, world. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, so. If you weren't coaching today, though, what would you be doing? Have you thought about that? I haven't. I've been asked that before, and I'm, and I always say I don't know. To be honest, I'd probably. I, know, I was I was always a fan of uh, uh, airplanes. I always wanted to be a pilot when I was younger. So mm. I, I I like flying. I think it's I think flying is really cool to be able to do all that kind of stuff. So probably that. But you know, I always knew when I was done playing. But kind of funny story on that is that I was. My first off season, I was um, uh, at home in Oak Park, and I went to breakfast in Westlake. And I drove by Westlake High School. I knew the head coach there. I stopped to say hello. I was wearing like shorts and like sandals and something. So I, I walk up there, say hello, and all of a sudden, ten minutes later, he's like, "You're, you're coaching with me." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, "Yeah, you're going to be my pitching coach this fall." I was like, "Like you're starting now? Grab a fungo." I was like, "I'm wearing sandals," <laughs> and that's when I started coaching and fell in love with it wow yeah. oh my gosh yeah. and so i do it every off season from then on and make some extra money doing that you know coaching youth later on and all that kind of stuff but mm. i just it made me a better baseball player learning from the other side of coaching on the coaching side to seeing what oh. they do the mistakes they make and the stuff how to teach mentality to them to make me better yeah so it's kind of but yeah that's kind of how i kind of got started and and i fell in love with it and oh. i was like this is what i want to do when i'm done and dealing coaching at Westlake, dealing with the parents, I said I'd never want to. I want to go somewhere and coach where I don't have to deal with, with this. Yeah, we we don't have to talk you, about Westlake. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you know the Marmani area. You know that league. You know you know how it is. So I don't yeah. have to say any more on that. But um, yeah, I yeah. mean, unbelievably talented. At least while I was there. Oh my gosh, don't get me wrong. Holy smokes, the talent level was. Amazing. Yeah, Marmani is one of them and the the one with Servite and the, all all, all there and two mm. used to be the two best conferences. Marmani's gone down a little bit. The yeah, last couple of years still but, Southern California though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, I, I want to ask about about UC Davis now. Um, do you have a a favorite thing about being at UC Davis so far in your experience there? I think how great of a college town it is. Mm. This is the first time I think I came up here. When I played against the Rivercats, Sacramento, I came and saw Checkets, and they were playing Davis. But I did like I drove right through, watched a little of the game, said hello, and talked to their team for a little bit, and then I left, kind of thing. So I didn't really know. So when I first came up here, I was like, "Wow, this is a great college town, hmm. great school, you know, top ten public school in the country academically, and we're the only school up north in the Big West." Um, mm. And and it's like, why not us? Why not? Why can't this place be a powerhouse? Hmm. and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to, you know, you know, that's what we're going to make it into. And 
it's just how great like kind of feels like eugene a little bit when it comes to being a college town you know okay some similarities and downtown's right next to it very green a lot of trees and yeah and we're one of the what two big west teams that has football um so it kind of feels mm-hmm. like that college atmosphere and it's and it, everything's about the college here mm, okay you know, and you're and you're close to sacramento you know you, you know an hour and a half from san fran and you know and all that kind of stuff but it's like why not uc davis why not yeah and that's what we we ask kids to recruit like you want to be starting part of something special and, and turn this place in a powerhouse and and make a name for yourself and how good this program is going to be down the road mm. then why not you and 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 i think we found found that with the guys we brought in for mm. last year's class so so about the program specifically, is there something that maybe not a lot of people would know about it that that you are really fond of? Yeah, my head coach. Tommy? Yeah. Hmm. What about Tommy? I mean, he might be sitting near me, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's the best. Like, you know, I know, you know, and he knows this when I'm the only one that was that he didn't know before this. You know, mm. my other assistant, he coached at SAC and Sky was with him at Stanford. And, you know, you know, you all hear stuff, but, and I, I tell him this, you know, tell him this his face that he's everything plus more. And when people ask me, it's like, you know, if you don't know who he is, which a lot of people do, you better learn because mm. you're going to know his name very, very quick here if, 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 if you don't already. And, and like I told you earlier, it starts with him, starts up top, you know, starts with the culture that we brought Absolutely. in. And, mm-hmm. and, and so if I had to say one thing, that's what it is. That's a good thing. I think <laughs> Yeah, not bad. Right. Yeah. So, um, two more questions. First sure. one, first one. Um, if you could go back in time to, you know, the point in time when you first started coaching, what would be like your one piece of advice you'd give yourself? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I learned this early and I was lucky enough, like I said, to have people that sh- to show me the ropes, but like I had to learn to, so that line between being too close to your players and, and also um, knowing that line you can and can't cross. Yeah. Right. As in like, you know, you want to be personal and you want to be, you know, you don't want to be their friend because you want their respect, right? You don't want to, you know, when you put your foot down, you want them to know that I'm putting my foot down here. Yeah. Instead of it being too close where they're your friends. And, you know, I was lucky enough. My first job out of, out of Oregon was with the Foresters, Santa Barbara. Yeah. Bill Pintard. And, and, you know, he kind of told, you know, showed me that the ways with that and what to do. And, um, you know, so I, I, I had to learn, okay. Like you want, cause in the beginning as a coach, you want everyone to like you, right? You want your players to like you. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you want to do what's best for your program and what's best to make them better. Mm. Of course, you want them, you know, to like you because that goes with trust. And of, and of course, you know, you know, you're their coach, right? And you want them to stay and all that kind of stuff. But you also can't be too close and friendly with them where they think you're you're one of the players or one of the friends with them. You get what I I'm see. saying? Yeah, because I've I've seen that, you know, and 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 all that kind of stuff, and and those players, I don't know when it comes to, you know, 
do those guys want to go in the trench hole with you? Do they want to, you know, if they're too close to you, do they, do they think you're, all, you're just, you're just like one of me or is it okay? Well, you know, he has my back and, and he trusts me. And, you know, of course I want to be personable with them and I want them to, you know, believe in me. And, mm-hmm. but in the end, I also know when I put my, when I, when I put my foot down, they know I, it's business kind yeah. of thing. And yeah. I, and I had to learn that quick. And I, I was lucky enough that some people would teach me what's right and what's wrong when it comes to that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is business. It really is. Yeah, it is. But also, you know, I think those best pitching coaches in the country are the ones that also people like, you know, you want to be friendly. You want to be, you want to be able to communicate with them and be personable. Right. But sure, in the yeah. end, you're, you, you aren't there. I mean, don't take this wrong way. You're not their friend. You're not, not in like that you're not their friend, but like, you don't want that relationship where they can just come here and run it, kind of run all over you kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if you get what I'm saying, but you want them to respect you. Yeah. But also it's like be, coach first. Be second. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I hear you. Um, it's important. Because oh, communication for, is very important. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Communication's at the center of that for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one last question. Um, sure. It is about recruiting visits. So if you have, like a recruiting visit story that is, you know, it could be a funny story. It can be a, um, a train wreck of a story. It can be a success story. It could be a, maybe a trip that you had to take for recruiting that went south. Um, just any kind of story that you have about, you know, your role as a pitching coach or things you've had to do as a college coach. Ooh. That's like PG or like of somebody <laughs> else or someone like. If you want to give me a PG version now, I can take out a, a P, not so PG no, no. version. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, as a coach, I really don't have like one that I've like done yet. But like, I guess I remember on my visit, I kind of got into it. One of the players who ended up being a big leaguer because I, I got in oh. the front seat. Yeah, it was um, the lefty. It was by the Royals a long time ago. Uh, his name. I don't know. He was not committed to Fullerton, but like he got mm. super like mad at me because I went, I took the front seat. He was like, why are you sitting in the front seat? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, like who are you? Like, I didn't know who he was. I guess he was a top prospect coming to high school, but I had no idea. Oh. And I got in my face and I was like, I was like, okay, like, and what was your was role at the time again? No, I was. I, it was on my recruiting visit to Oregon. Oh, it was on your visit to Oregon. Okay, as a I player. See. Yeah, as a player. Okay, as a wow. player. Hmm. And um, I don't think I've really like that's like I don't, I haven't had any like nightmare things yet. That's good. Knock on that's wood, good. it doesn't happen. But like, yeah. You know, I mean, of course, I have some stuff that's not meant say and on this that <laughs> yeah, might be yeah. really good and we'll talk about later but you know for the most sure. part i haven't had anything that's like you know too crazy but okay yeah like, i didn't know the kid and i was like i know it might sound boring but you might probably cut this out but it's like that's like so far if i something ever happens in the next couple of years I'll, I'll make sure to call you and let you know tell you the story so, <laughs> absolutely yeah. well it sounds like so, most of your experiences have been good then so that's that's a good thing yeah i try I to mean, be as positive as i can you know, yeah. I think I'm a pretty positive guy and always try to bring out the positive of anything that I can. And okay. if it's recruiting or pitching or whatever, you know, because this game is always so negative and all about, you know, failing and stuff. So 
any time I can, if it's recruiting or whatever, trying to take the positives out of it. So, yeah, absolutely. I I feel the same way. Like you said, game of failure. Gotta gotta look at yeah, the bright exactly. side. And I'll say yeah. it as this, as mm. Augie put it, instead of looking at a game of failure, it should be a game of opportunity. Think about uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, failure yields opportunity. At least that's how I've always seen it too. Um, yeah. Okay, Zach. I want to give you kind of just um just any you know a little last segment for like last words maybe something you want to say to players who are interested in your school or parents that don't or players that are don't know about your school yet um right. re- yeah really just kind of like given given like a a sign off yeah i think you know the the you know the biggest thing for me is just trust man just trust in your abilities trust in your work trust trust in your preparation, just trust in your life, you know, mm. trust goes a long way in this game and just in life in general. Like I said, you know, I've, there's some, you know, that was one of the big things I got when I got into coaching and I was told was trust because mm. trust goes a long way, not just in the game, but in life, you know, because if you trust yourself on the mound or in the box, you believe yourself, you're, you're going to be successful. You know, if you trust yourself, like I said, with recruiting and guys that you trust to get players, and then the players you recruit trust you, then they're going to mm. want to come here, you know? And so when it comes down to it, just believe in your, believe in what you believe in and go for it. And this, and just have that trust because mm. it's important. It really is. You know, yeah. it's, and that was the first thing I learned. And the first thing I saw, because mm. once you burn, once you built, once you burn that bridge, it could, it could be burnt forever. It really can. Yeah. And, I'm sure you can agree. We would not be where we are today if we didn't trust in our own abilities. hundred percent. We wouldn't be in this zoom. You wouldn't be where you are in professional baseball or even playing college baseball. If you didn't believe in yourself and believe that you can do it and and trust in people to take us, to take you in and, and all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. like I got at the convention, some guy that I coached a long time. He's like, what's one thing I was like, trust, Mm. believe in yourself. And believe in what you believe in and go for it and and do things the right way mm. i love that message but zach that is, that is all i have for you uh love at it. least well, today thanks for having me on man i appreciate it yeah if you have anything else let me know you know yeah. start, it's been pouring up here it's like the, all of california has been hit with a huge storm so mm-hmm. more, more inside and you know, as i watch my pictures throw out there and all that kind of stuff but um yeah no thanks for thanks for having me on and you know, let me know if you have any, anything else. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode. I will talk to you really briefly after we sign off. But, yeah, that's going to be it, guys. And um, we'll see you next week.